0: The Salopian Mixtape with Michaela Wilde and Simon Berry. Bringing you Shropshire's best new music.
1: Welcome to the Salopian Mixtape with me, Michaela Wilde, and you.
0: Simon Berry, yes, welcome. We are sitting... In Frankville, in Shrewsbury, which is part of the Albert Shed um, conglomerate. Group. <laughs> Chain Empire! I'm sure we're going to get told off for saying that very soon. It's fine, but that is exactly what is going to be happening on today's uh, show, because we are going to get told off by the people in charge of Albert Shed. Yeah,
1: we're going to be catching up with Dave and Jamie to find out more about what makes local live music venues tick and what some of the struggles are with live music for live music venues into 2024 and perhaps get some top tips maybe if you're looking to get yourself booked at a local live music venue but you don't know where to start well let's find out from the people that are making those bookings
0: exactly uh, but if you are here for listening to brilliant music made in shropshire then you have come to the right place here on the salopian mixtape because we have all that in spades for you coming up a bit later we've got the live tracks from dan owen from the launch night of this podcast which was done just a over the river, over there behind me, uh, at Albert Shed in Shrewsbury. So you'll hear that a little bit later on. But it brings us to our first track of today's show. This is by a band called Sierra, who are straight out of Telford. They are Jack Jones, Will Swain, Blake Meyrick, and Kyle Westbrook. This song is called Berry. <laughs> That was berry by sierra it's no relation to me simon berry uh, with michaela wilde here on the silopian mixtape and they are um a band who are straight out of telford uh, they say they are a nostalgia driven emo slash melodic hardcore band from telford and to be honest it did it did take me back to the turn of the century. God, I feel old now. Um, but it made me think of all of the music that I used to listen to while growing up. Cause that was like peak teen years for me. So congratulations to Sierra. Brilliant. And I, do you know what else I absolutely love Michaela is that one of their influences are a band called the losing score.
1: Love a local influence. They're yeah. a, a fantastic three piece band from Shrewsbury um, who are, They've been making waves over in in America last year.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you want to find out more about uh, Sierra, then you can seek them out online. I know they've got a Bandcamp page where you'll be able to buy their latest EP, which is called Lose the Feeling. Bringing you Shropshire's best new music, the Silopian Mixtape.
1: So you join us um, as part of a very special episode tonight because we are joined by two people who... Oh, work very very hard in Shropshire's music scene and well that's because they kind of provide most of Shropshire's music scene <laughs> across a few venues locally Um we've got Dave and Jamie with us and we're in one of those music venues right here looking weirdly festive in January so talk us through what it's like then essentially running Three music venues across Shrewsbury and Telford because this has been the Albert Shed. What are we calling this, by the way? Because we were we were saying group. What did you? Call Empire. Empire.
0: Albert Shed Empire. Yeah,
2: we, try, we tend to avoid labels. So um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> various venues.
2: Group group works. Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: It's taken a while to build, hasn't it?
2: yeah but it's been fairly organic to be fair i mean if um you know if if we've seen an opportunity then we we've tried to utilize it um there's no real grand plan there's no plans to take over the world um we're just happy to be able to to put live music on that that's everything that we do that's what we're about
0: so you've got the venue here in uh, shrewsbury that the original the og yeah. uh, albert shed uh, then you've got where we are right now which is frankville Uh, and you've got Albert Shed in Southwater in Telford. Um, Do you have plans to expand on those three?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, Shoes We Shed opened March 2017, Um, obviously take a year or two off for Covid. Um, We opened Shed 2, as we call it, which is Telford, um, shortly before, that was November 2019, so that was just before Covid hit, so that was quite interesting. i don't recall when albert and co Frankl came on board um but to be honest it was just a a lovely little venue um we saw an opportunity to to bring it on board and, and we did and it's really starting to come into its own now as a as not just a, a bar but also a, a a more intimate small music venue um it's starting to really find its own identity now
1: and uh, jamie i mean you are extremely involved in actually getting artists on Stages at these venues. So, talk to us about your sides in the businesses uh, at Albert Shed.
3: Well, I started off with uh, with marketing uh, the Albert Shed stuff, and then eventually got involved in the book inside of it. And so, me and Dave worked together to try and bring together as many local acts as possible, and also put together uh, more regional acts and international touring acts as well. And they all come together, and hopefully, what we're trying to do is push the uh, awareness of. What's going on in Shropshire? Uh, so people want to come here as a destination for, for live music.
1: And as a musician yourself, uh, and someone that's you know involved in creating original music, it must be you know a nice thing for you to be able to be part of providing that platform for for emerging artists, emerging bands, and giving them somewhere to perform.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I first moved here, it was probably now ten years ago. A uh, lot of places in Shrewsbury they weren't putting on original acts, and so when I I was trying to get my band. I was touring at the time in uh, Europe, and I was trying to get a gig in Shrewsbury, and it was just impossible. And then Dave came along, and he was just uh, he was really keen to put whatever on. I think probably because he started this, this new organisation. in was, was very drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he says swigging his beer. Mm. <laughs> and,
3: and you know, it was—it uh, was really cool because he was the first person to say, "Yeah, come and play." And so we played, and that's how I met Dave. And then I ended up getting involved and saying well maybe we should upscale the PA system so then we got a PA system together and put that in and that was sort of the the building blocks of what became sort of you know a, a larger scale organization for putting on live music
1: and you guys have got a lot of energy between the two of you. I mean, we've, we've been around when you've been talking ideas and stuff before. Um, it must be, it, it's a nice dynamic between the two of you because you've got so much creativity. Is that hard to manage? Who, who kind of gets final say on things when, you, when you're working creative thoughts? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the <laughs> snort from Dave there says there is uh, a little bit of, um tension there <laughs> he's the boss isn't he like, and so uh, but i just try and sneak things through And like
2: uh... yeah and to be fair it's not just jamie and myself you know and um, albert shed wouldn't be albert shed without you know i think the, the the key word for us is collaboration um one thing that we've been very keen to do from from day one is to involve as many people as possible um and we just really enjoy i think working with different people and and getting you know lots of ideas where We're very dynamic. We're not um, tied into any kind of corporate, um, you know, rules, regulations, procedures, which can create problems because quite often we're just winging it. You know, we just do what we feel is the right way to do something. And we don't necessarily, we're not striving to find, you know, examples of good practice, although obviously we we do kind of aspire to, to to, to emulate, you know, venues that are successful, Um, but, generally um, if we have an idea we just go with it um, and, and I think that's quite refreshing um, certainly coming from a, a background which was very corporate where you know the smallest of decisions had to go to a committee we just tend to um, you know have a few beers and have a silly idea and uh, before you know it we're doing it um, New Year's Eve a few years ago is a good example of that when we just decided that we'd put um, we'd put James band on um at one venue I forget whether it's Shrewsbury or Telford um, and then our, our friends fight the bear we thought it oh, would be great to put them on at the other venue and then we were like well we'll just swap them over then um, <laughs> and to cut a very long story a very long and messy story short um, I ended up driving an 18-seater Bus around on New Year's Eve with various um, vomiting drunk musicians in the back.
1: Slightly regressing your decision.
2: (laughs) No, I mean uh, everyone had a good time apart from the driver. They didn't even um, they didn't even have a whip round, but we did manage to get Mighty Vipers on stage at about four seconds to midnight in Shrewsbury. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and you know there's there's lots of examples of things like that. You know we were we were looking around Southwater the one day, um, and I think it was. Jamie and myself um, were just chatting with the events team at Telford and Rican Council about maybe just floating a stage on the lake. Uh, Jamie had seen something similar in, um, in the Netherlands, you know, and we were like, yeah, let's do it. And to our surprise, you know, Telford and Rican Council, which were like, that'd be brilliant. Let's just put bands on the water, you know, and then suddenly, <laughs> and they keep saying, I don't know, when are you going to sort this uh, floating stage out? You like uh, once
1: I've, I can construct it with all the barrels and yeah, well we, <laughs>
0: we
2: do. Imagine it being like
1: a life
0: raft. It's like a scrappy challenge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have employed a health and safety consultant, um, you know, which is it, it is probably the right thing to do. But um, you know, trust me, that that wasn't. Uh, a particularly good conversation when we said we just want to put loads of like PA and electric and stuff on water. You know. They went, well, well, what, what, <laughs> <laughs> get, get back to you on that one. He said. Yeah. Can we, can,
0: we, can we rig the, the river up with mains electric? <laughs>
1: Pyrotechnics? Anybody?
2: Yeah. It's all good. Yeah.
1: So is that one of the um, one of the difficulties? Because you have big ideas, you've got big creative ideas. Is it then how to actually get those to reality and the the paperwork, the red tape, and the things that kind of can... No, I don't think so.
2: Like, we just, we just plough straight through all the red tape. We don't care about that. <laughs> Bring your scissors. Cool. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, if if every idea that Jamie or myself or the people that we work with, and, you know, we're, we're, we're very lucky in that we've got, you know, a fantastic team behind us, and a lot of people who are... I suppose friends of the Shed we say, which sounds really corny, but you know, they're not employed by the Shed, they might be in local bands, they might be sound engineers, but they kind of get what we do uh, and realise that, yes, we've got to make money at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the year, but we're all about trying to do that in a in a most rewarding and, and enjoyable way as possible. Um, I think if every idea that we had, if, if it was to even come halfway to fruition, then, you know, we, we'd probably be dead or, or we certainly, you know, we, <laughs> we, we wouldn't function. Um, so it, it's probably, the stuff that we do is probably 10% of what's in our heads and, and our heads are pretty much on the verge of exploding the majority of the time. I think it's like, uh, it?
3: the key thing is that <clears throat> we have lots of ideas and we have a really high failure rate, but we have more uh, success at the same time. So as long as like we manage to sort of get that, you know, uh, It's we, just we, time, ha- isn't it? We have yeah. a lot of ideas, and yeah. the, the thing is, it's not just the time, but it's also uh, the, the planning stages. You know, there's a lot of things involved in in trying to make these things move, but also successfully move. Donkey so, work. Uh, donkey, oh, it's we, a donkey work. you yeah, got a
2: donkey work. You know, it's like you have a great idea, and it and it, and and. and Overall, it's a great idea, it's good fun and it's enjoyable, but then when you actually look at what you <laughs> need to do to make that happen, you know, it, it's pretty, but it, it's probably everything that we're trying to avoid in terms of, you know, the, the admin and the, all, all the boring stuff that goes into running any business, not just a, you know. It's not, not just, just the, the beer
1: and anymore. the bands. No, it kind of
2: used to be when we started. (laughs) That was the fun times. Um, (laughs) Those were the days. (laughs) we hide in the office
3: and just drink loads of beers, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, don't miss, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those
0: are good old days. But the thing is, though, even though you you do have the boring moments of it all, but you always have the fun moments of it, but throughout the whole thing, you have, uh, I think the two of you have a a shared ethos um, about new music and... New original artists.
2: Yeah, we don't. We do, You know, we're we're like a, a married couple, I suppose. You know, we um, we kind of argue a lot. We bicker a lot, but generally we've got quite a, a similar outlook. I mean, a good example. We went to we drove down to London for a for a conference, and um, obviously it was a, a good few hours each way. So it was a really good opportunity just to audition some um, some artists, and it was quite funny because literally um i would say 90 percent of the stuff we heard you know um there was no arguments over skip bad as it sounds we were literally giving some artists kind of 10 seconds and you know that first riff or whatever was like no no it sounds too much like what you know next one next one it's dead important that because i
3: you know i used to listen to uh, so, so one of the bands are playing it's the toasters and, and back in the day the toasters were quite like uh, well known and had a big record label that was you know when scar was sort of the band's a scar band When I was uh, big, and the guy said he used to have like uh, audition these tapes, and it'd just be tape. This is when they're on tour. And then I actually have tapes because it was back (laughs) back in the old days, like four tracks or something. And he said he'd just be like every 10 seconds, you know, and it really has to hit, you know. And you, you know, we were talking earlier about, well, what does make that, uh, you know, someone pay attention? And it is, you know, the first 10 seconds really do matter. And if it's, you know, someone's accidentally left a little bit a gap of uh, you know nothing at the start of the track or or even you know how quickly do the the vocals come in these little things like that really do impact on the general listener
1: we'll get some top tips from you i think later on of of what you're listening out for when you're booking artists for live shows at the various shed venues because i think that's something that's really important but should we get some some music because actually you've you've picked a couple of artists that stood out for you. Who do you want to go for first?
2: I think if we go for um, Manor Heights, um, I mean, certainly from my point of view, um, I think we probably speak on behalf of both of us, you know, we are interested in original music. Obviously, we understand that there's a there's a place for cover bands and, and you know, we wholeheartedly embrace that. But I think when we see um, what was predominantly, if not um, completely a covers band um, and i 'm talking about scarburst um, actually produce some original content that for us is is the the, the kind of the ultimate goal really and I think it, it also is for the artists um, albert 's songwriter showcase started because the amount of cover bands which would come off a stage of a weekend and go, yeah, yeah it was a great gig." Um, Have you listened to that stuff i sent you you know that we're writing um i just feel that and i could be wrong i suppose there are exceptions but i just feel that the majority of artists who are are doing covers aren't doing covers out of um preference they're doing out of necessity they know that if they don't play the covers they won't get booked and i suppose it's a vicious circle because the venues are thinking if we don't put covers on then the punters aren't going to come through the doors and um, unfortunately, it just goes round and round and round. Um, so, as I said, when you have got um, you have got an act which is um, a covers band, and they start to do original stuff, um, and especially it helps when that original stuff is bloody good. <laughs> yeah. So good. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. That for me is 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 probably better. In some ways, than original artists who are through for original artists, because it's bucking the trend, and it's so important that you know, as venues, we support that um, and and encourage these artists to go out and do that. And and I suppose, in some ways, it's a sweet spot. Somebody like Manor Heights, they can go out and earn their, not that any of them are full-time musicians, but you know, they can go out and, and get the gigs doing the covers. But they've also got that that kind of credible. Um, original music offer as well and I, I think, you know, um, fair play to them guys.
1: So should we have their new one?
0: Let's. This then is Manor Heights with their latest single came out mid-December. This is Control-Alt-Delete.
4: To get to the other side, but I'm a a sitting duck I've said my thank yous, I've said my goodbyes. I've really done it this time. I should've known, I should have known better, but it's just a matter of time.
0: That was Control-Alt-Delete by Manor Heights. You are listening to The Salopian Mixtape with Simon Berry and Michaela Wild. The Salopian Mixtape with Michaela Wild and Simon Berry. You can get your music heard at the thesalopianmixtape.com.
1: This is a special show for you this week um, because we are talking to a couple of people who are very influential in terms of the live music scene locally. Uh, but another thing that will hopefully help your music, is getting your music heard. And if you listen to this podcast and you think, well, how are these artists getting played? They've all gone to thesilopianmixtape.com, filled in a quick form, sent us a file, and, um, well, it's as easy as that. We just listen to the stuff and then we go, that's good, we'll, we'll play it, shall we?
0: It's very simple to do. Uh, so thesilopianmixtape.com is the place to go if you want to send your music to us. And joining us today, we have Dave and Jamie from... Um, do, are we, did we, did we, actually, we said group. We said group. Did we said group. Yeah. I'm going to still call it. They don't
1: want to. label the Albert Sheds venues. Albert, Albert Sheds. Is, <laughs> Sheds. Is.
0: Uh, are joining us here in Frankwell in um, in Frankville, uh, in Frankwell in Shrewsbury today. Um, Ahead of
1: their work, due, actually because Christmas is over and obviously your venues have been chock a block over Christmas, so you have to wait until January to be <laughs> able to have a Christmas party, I guess
2: yeah i mean we did consider having a christmas party kind of pre-christmas but you know there's a good chance that we'll probably lose a few staff or they'll be incapacitated for a number of weeks <laughs> after tonight so <laughs> it's probably best to do that in january when uh, it's less likely that anybody will notice
1: well this is why we're talking to you now ahead of both of yourselves heading along to this do you? because who knows we might not have been able to pin you down for a week or so
2: yeah i mean the uh, in in all seriousness the the staff at albert shed work really really hard um not just in the, um, the hospital. I suppose you know that the the kind of the, the business is, is split into two really, um, but they're very much intertwined. Um, we very much see the bar um, and the food offer um, in terms of Telford as, as as very much kind of secondary and, and tertiary to the um, the main offer, which is obviously the live music. Um, but that being said. Um, you know, it, it, it isn't just a case of opening the doors and, and, and putting a few bottles of beer on, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of, of of hard work to be able to do that because I think um, you know, for for audiences that come out to watch live music, I think the bar is important. Um I think, you know, the the, the general ambience of, of venues, it's it's not enough just to have really, really um, you know, good quality acts. Um You've got to be able to kind of, um, you know, enhance that with 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 what you offer, um, and you know, without the without the teams that we've got in our venues, we certainly wouldn't be able to achieve that. Um, and you know, pretty much all of them um, are really, really kind of committed to to grassroots live music as well. Um, that does have its drawbacks, um, certainly. <laughs> Last collectors um, for two into two into the music. we don't get the any. Pit. Yeah, when we first, <laughs> when we first, uh, when we, uh, we had all these grand ideas. Like, wouldn't it wouldn't be great to get a load of um, music um music college students because they're into the music and you know we can get them when they're relatively young um and they can collect glasses and get used to it and all and it was terrible because um they're just standing there with a couple of glasses going oh man that guitarist is sick you know and I, I don't speak kind of 17 year old you know but um it was a, a general appreciation for the live music which is great but unfortunately, there was no glasses left for anybody to drink from. So. Yeah. so now we just, we look for people that are into music, but not, you know, fanatical.
1: I suppose one of the other drawbacks, but positives as well, can be that a lot of the people that work for you because they love music might also be in bands and stuff. So I guess trying to actually schedule in when people are working because they're going, oh, sorry, sorry, I've got a gig coming up this week. Can I book that off? But I guess you want to nurture that rather than- That's a
3: nightmare as well because because yeah. uh, we have people Often we need sound engineers, uh, you know, short notice, and it works out great because you'd be like, this guy's awesome at sound engineering, but there's a battle between us and the bar managers who don't want to give away their top staff to us who are taking (laughs) them and making them work on the desk, which, you know, they're loving it, because it's, what would you prefer to do, like, you know, be, you know, uh, 10 deep at the bar, whatever, trying to serve all these people versus, you know, standing there doing some sound engineering, which is a great fun thing to do. So yeah, I know.
0: I'd rather be doing
1: <laughs> pouring the pints.
2: No, no. <laughs> uh, drinking them. I mean, yeah. I mean you know, we, we do kind of capitalize on that. We do, you know, we do encourage our kind of bar staff and and uh, our managers that want to get more into the tech side of things. Um, the other thing that we do on, on the regular is a lot of our staff are in bands, and of course they've got access to um, you know a, a, a rehearsal space. Um, you know decent quality equipment that we're we're lucky to have now we certainly didn't um, when we first started it's been a a slow and gradual process to kind of upgrade as we go Um, and we do encourage that um, you know we don't open on Mondays we haven't since um, since uh, Covid and you'll find now that quite often um, you know our our venues are uh, full of live music on those days, and that's just the bar staff in, in the various bands practising and jamming, um, which is great. You know, that's what, that's everything that, uh, that, that we are.
0: How have you made it work in terms of grass mu- grassroots music venues? Because bigger picture, there are plenty that are closing. And over the past, what, five, six years, seven years, almost, you've gone from one to three venues so there is you have uh, a measurement of success there and i uh, and that includes a couple of years of covid how have you made it work
2: it's um it's a it i think it's about um, having Being a capitalist yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think there's examples of venues which have been so obsessed with being cool and putting on really niche stuff that they take their eye off the ball when it comes to, um, you know, surviving financially. Um, It's got to be financially viable. So, you know, we don't necessarily put um, the kind of music on uh, day in, day out, week in, week out, which is kind of setting the world on fire, if you like, you know, and this isn't a a criticism of cover bands or anything like that. Um, You can't beat... atmosphere when you're you know you're at capacity and you've got a great covers band on but i think if you were to you know despite our kind of um our um obsession almost with with original music and and championing that if we were to put original music on every single weekend um and nothing else i think we'd very quickly um find that we went from three venues to, to zero venues and that doesn't help us and it doesn't certainly doesn't help the artists So we tend to steer clear of of tribute acts, um, say 99% of the time. um, And we try and ensure that we've got a good mix of cover acts and original music as well. Um, And and I think that's what it is. I think, you know, we don't want to um, completely sell out. Um, It would be very easy to put stuff on which we know is guaranteed to bring an audience in. But we kind of, make sure that we don't do that, because it isn't just about the bottom line, it isn't just about making a few quid at the end of the week. Um, we're, you know, we're really keen to, to, um, to kind of broaden our horizons really. And, and, and I suppose, and it sounds a little bit arrogant when you say it, but we see our role as, as not only to entertain, but to educate as well. Um, you know, we want to put new artists and new music in front of audiences. Um, but at the same time, as I've already said, we just need to be careful that, you know, we're gonna be around in, in, in six months, twelve months time to, to continue to do that. Um, so I think it's just getting that, that that balance right. We don't always do it, you know, we've put Axe on which Jamie or myself or both of us. Normally both of us have gone no oh, amazing. That's up. they are absolutely I, you know, I'd pay. I'd pay to watch them every night of the week. And unfortunately, there's only half a dozen people come in and agree with us, and the rest of that I don't get it. You know. Um, Do you
3: not think though that um, one of the key things is uh, to not just have a balanced portfolio, but to iterate? So the idea of keep coming up with different ideas of how we should be scheduling uh, the events. So let's say let's move Friday um, original bands to the Saturday or the other way around, you know, we try these different things to see which work and we don't fix that for the whole year. But what we do do is find out, well, what is the impact? And, and, and also it also forces you then to think, well, we need acts that people would go out and see on a Saturday night that they wouldn't notice there was a cover band. Because if, if, if they went out and expected to see a cover band, they want to see that sort of, you know, quite high energy party music. yeah. And so we can't come along and just put acoustic singer songwriters on a Saturday night because people will obviously notice but it does force us to think oh well who would work you know acts like uh, chase and august is a great example you know mana heights could quite easily pass off uh, doing some scar originals as they could do with with doing the cover versions of original songs you know they do 99 red balloons for example as a, as a cover <laughs> and so you know i think it's that uh, trying to find a way to make it work in in a way that the audience wouldn't actually notice but actually yeah educate them at the same time i think it's really important that i also feel that one of the hardest things is is the heavier bands how you fit heavier bands originals into the the, the mix and we're quite lucky uh with having albert and co frankville which is where we're at right now is that uh, we're starting to do more heavier nights dave mulby who's, um, he runs this Gabba Gabba Hay night for us, and it was on a Wednesday, and we've moved the Songwriter Showcase back to Albert Shed Shrewsbury on a Wednesday, so that's every Wednesday night. But on... Um, Good plug, the, well done, Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> can the, tell uh, the
1: marketing back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but on the uh, the first Saturday of each month, we're doing like, all day type events, and we've started doing more of them as a result of what, Looper Fest and all these things that we've been getting involved with. So. Um, we realized, oh, well, why don't we do something that starts early on? Let's say four o'clock, five o'clock and then goes on till eight, which means that your regular drinkers might walk past and go, oh, there's a band on, but it's not going to be like they'll just be packing down because there'll be a DJ playing sort of more, you know, g- not generic music, but more palatable than screamy stuff. And I'm not saying we have screamy stuff each month, but it, we definitely want to keep the gate open. So allowing these bands to play in a venue on a Saturday, You know, which is like kind of it's kind of a non-Shropshire thing, really. I mean, you might have certain venues that might take the risk, but there's not many places that will put something metal on on a Saturday.
1: And there's definitely there's definitely the the local audience for it as well. I mean, the other thing you mentioned about getting the international artists and things in, you know, what you're actually the other thing you're doing is opening up the opportunity for people to experience you know, touring artists mm. on their doorstep. Mm. And it's not some, you know, without paying the huge ticket prices of, of you know, ha- and having to go further afield, getting a train to mm. Birmingham or whatever, to go and see these touring artists, you're bringing them to, you know, to a local a local venue, which it's it's an exciting thing. It's a brilliant thing.
3: I think not, all, not, the thing is about a lot of bands is when you're younger, right, everyone has this thing. It's just dead easy when you, it's not dead easy, but it is quite easy to get a lot of your friends to come along Uh, and come to your gig and it's like wow look you know so a birmingham promoter might be like well let's put them on with a big act because they're bringing a load of people and we're going to sell loads of tickets now when you get to the sort of 30s or 40s and you're in an original band it's harder to get all your mates who've all got their own families and they've all got all the different things and they've they've seen you hundred
1: times exactly (laughs) in different
3: iterations of your band they're not going to come out as much so it it kind of then makes these you know these developing older bands or you know 30s 40s whatever age it gets harder to then get them bigger gigs. But because we look at everything at Albert Shed, so we have bands like LF who maybe, you know, they're sort of, you know, maybe 30s, 40s, and they've been around for a long time in the past, but we put them with Space, who was a band from the 90s, and they were just so excited about playing with Space. You know, it was like, you can imagine like an 18-year-old version of themselves like, Oh my God, I think one was talking about a cup that he had that he's, like, uh, he's had since, you know, back in that 90s. And then. I think
2: that, that ties in as well with like the kind of, the, you know, the old days and the stuff that's probably slightly less mainstream because there's audiences out there that aren't your typical Friday, certainly not your Saturday night audiences. I mean, um, obviously I tend to work every Friday, Saturday, but... And I always have done, Um, but even if I didn't, I don't think I'd be that inclined to go out on a Friday, Saturday night into a town centre. You know, I'm kind of, um, I'd rather go and uh, go out midweek and and see something or during the day and, and and. And I think it's important to do that. Should we
1: get back to some live music at one of the Shed venues? Absolutely. Shed
0: number one. Shed one, yes. You are listening to the Salopian mixtape with Simon Berry and Michaela Wild. And we are joined by Dave and Jamie from Albert's Shed, which is where we recorded uh, this man called Dan Owen. If you are new to the area or if you've been having your fingers stuffed in your ears for the last 10 years. Uh, You will enjoy this. Uh, This is Dan Owen, he is incredibly talented and this was performed live at the opening launch night of the Silopian mixtape, just a couple of months ago.
5: This one's called Crash London. I'm in love with a version of you, but I don't know where she came from. Every time we get close, it's true. All I know comes on. Run. And when I rise meet across the room, I remember lying next to you. The situation just feels so rough. But I can't just let it go Bring me back to the world. Cause I need a crash landing Tell me what I'm well. Cause we're all worth something And I don't want to end this now But I don't see it working out should be easy to let go when you're holding on to nothing.
6: Ooh.
5: Are you in love with a version of me that's there when you're dreaming? Or are we really meant to be? Well, should I stop believing? Cause they'll let if this thing gets out, and we'll hurt if it doesn't. The situation just feels so wrong, but I can't just let it go. Bring me back to. Lot. <laughs> <laughs> I needed you to save me when this life I leave. I'm looking for an answer. Baby again.
0: Thank you very much. You're listening to The Salopian Mixtape with Michaela Wilde and Simon Berry and the wonderful tones there of Dan Owen performing live for us at The Salopian Mixtape launch event in November. You just heard the song Dead Man and before that Crash Landing. Those are tracks from his brand new album which came out the night of that event so you can check out willow tree by dan owen uh, wherever you get your music you will find it the salopian mixtape michaela wilde and simon berry
1: if you're listening to this and feeling inspired and thinking i'm making music and by the way we've been talking um about the various music at Albert shed and being inclusive and if music's good then it gets a chance on a stage the same goes here whatever kind of music you're making and whatever kind of setup you've got whether it be at home or you're going to a big studio to record, everything's welcome here. So go to the theslopiumixtape.com, tell us about you, upload your music, and, um, well, if it's decent, we'll probably play it. Yep,
0: yeah, that is the rules, and we stick to them. We are joined by Dave and Jamie from the Shed Conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: The Shed Empire. Empire's a good I word. See, uh, no, is that, is that too strong of a word?
0: I don't think they're enjoying the, they don't I, like the, it at the labels no. at no. all. Um,
1: no labels. <laughs> the Sheds is.
0: But if you want to get your music heard, then you can go to com. What happens, though, guys, if they want a gig as well? What happens... Yeah. How do you get a gig at one of the, the conglomerates? Should, should we talk about how not to get a gig? This, uh, oh, that's an even better way of doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. what, what are the things that you don't look for? <laughs> I, I, I don't look for people uh, sending
3: messages, like harassing like uh, messages. It's, I think that's one of the things that people don't realise, well, some people don't realise, is that it's the best way of getting blacklisted. I mean, we're, it's not that we're ignoring anyone. It's just that there's a lot of people contacting you all the time. And so... Without having a simple way of collecting all that information in one place, and then we review it over time, it's just it's a complete barrage, and it gets it, the noise level of you know messages. You guys must experience it. It gets to a point where uh, it, you, you sort of grey out, and so it's easier having a point where people can submit information in one place, and then we periodically, usually three months, uh, we we sit, we export all the um, the performances. Let's say they're on Spotify or some other
2: uh, non-corporate... You make it sound really, really organised, but the truth is, I mean, I don't think... <laughs> I, don't I, think I don't think Michaela and Simon um, do have the same problem we have, because obviously when we first started, as, as we've previously mentioned, we didn't have a blueprint, we didn't have a real plan, we just wanted to put acts on, we wanted to put gigs on, so it was like, you know, add people on Facebook, give them your, your, your phone number, but And then, certainly from my point of view, it got to the point where... I'll give you an example. Um, and, and, and sorry, going back, the reason I don't think you have this problem is because you are kind of you're professional, you're organised, and everybody knows. You know, everybody <laughs> knew how to. Uh,
7: organised.
2: <laughs> well, that's certainly the impression that you give. So uh, fair play, perfect. well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have got a single so point is of doc, contact. It's the duck
1: effect. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. But you've got that single yeah. point of
2: contact, whereas we didn't really have that. So, and you know, certainly from my point of view, and. and uh, as I said, I'll give you an example. I could say, okay, um, and this is something I used to do. I will spend this afternoon sending messages to potential artists. Um, I've got three hours to spare. I'm gonna spend three hours messaging people and trying to get some gigs in, in the diary. So you allocate three hours to that. The problem with that is some will get back to you immediately and you start and everybody likes to have a chat, which is great. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> that's part of what we do. We love the, the camaraderie, we love the networking, We, we love making you know we're not interested in just putting people on we want to get to know people but you spend those three hours you send all those messages out it's then probably two three four weeks of 24 7 people getting back to you when it's convenient for them and all oh, the drummers having an operation and the, the bassist left and the, you know and suddenly you've got 50 60 messenger conversations on the go with different bands just trying to so i suppose in common with many aspects of of our business, we've had to go, look, as much as we don't want to be systemized and we don't want to be corporate and we don't want to be too kind of fuddy-duddy or whatever you want to call it, sometimes you have to go, look, enough's enough. We need to really kind of nail this down. Otherwise, we are, and you know, very fortunately for me, Jamie was really keen on taking on some of the um, responsibility for the programming. And, and, And if the truth be known, has probably taken on the majority of it because unfortunately the, the kind of the boring parts that go into, you know, running the business need to be attended to as well. Um, but Jamie very quickly kind of turned around to me and went, it's a nightmare. I've got people ringing me all hours of the night. <laughs> and don't forget as well, you know, and I think it, it was quite useful really for Jamie to kind of experience that firsthand and go and, you know, he's touched on it before and, and it's probably not percent of the people we deal with but they will send you a message, and then if you haven't replied by... Question mark. Yeah, it's like a little question qu- mark. And then it's they'll, they'll like, phone yeah. you, they haven't uh-huh. got your number, so they'll phone you on <laughs> Messenger and go, you know, what, what's your problem? You're not going to put my band on. And, and you're like, hang on, but you know. So you what know.
0: is the, the process then of actually going to get booked by you guys? I mean, you, Jamie, you say that don't go ahead and keep on messaging, being persistent and being the noise. But, but what is the right thing to do? Nepotism.
3: <laughs> so you know we like uh you know whiskey chocolate um crisps we do like crisps you know they've got to be really abstract crisps though, we we're gonna go with crisps, abstract okay. crisps uh, okay. you know like potatoes or something you know the, the special aisle in morrison's the
0: um, mince pie flavored crisps
3: oh yeah, yeah all yeah. that yeah we're <laughs> into that you know the fish and, fish and chips uh, but yeah um
2: no uh, one one way would be to to get your stuff heard on on the slopian mixtape oh, yeah but <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness yeah, no, you know, like
3: seriousness, exactly you know
2: that, we
0: I review that do we do so. the salopian <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah you know in, we
1: it, got them we got the crisps that's why they did the plug yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
2: But, it, but in all seriousness you know I'm, I'm always driving between the venues and and i do tend to put put the podcast on because you know it's doing some of the work for us and it, it either kind of Reaffirms that that you know we're doing something right because the the guys that you feature, you know, ninety percent of them are already on our radar, um, and the ten percent of the ones we've not heard of, you know, we give ourselves a little slap on the wrist and go, "Why have you not heard of these guys?" and make sure that you know we we kind of do get in touch with them. Um, so that's a good way of of, of getting yourself seen. Um, I can't think of you know a, I can't think of a radio station or or any of a podcast in Shropshire that. Um, has got that kind of reach, if you like, um, that, that we listen to. You know, to.
3: physical, I, I kind of feel that back in the day, I used, used to be like... You won't be, be like to come and play you, in your you, back garden. No, you know, used to like, uh, I'm not playing in your back garden. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the idea of like taking a CD, you know, back in the day when we had CDs, it was like you take the CD in there, you leave it, you put your contact details on, you probably post some around. It's like, it was a physical thing and it's in front of you. It's kind of a shame that people don't have you know I don't know what I'm thinking well here. you've got 10,000
2: Mighty Vipers CDs in got, a box at, at your, of your office, office.
3: they're not called I'm, CDs they're called coasters
1: I've got that many Michaela World CDs I don't know what to do with them, <laughs> they're, they're just they're propping up furniture to be honest although you may have just said something that means that over the next few weeks you're just going to have people just turning up to the venues just launching cassettes oh, no, we vinyl all that things, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and CDs that. at you definitely
0: you <laughs> know, if anybody wants to send vinyl through, I was so. going to say vinyl's yeah. good
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if their music's on vinyl it's going to be <laughs> um, before we play our last tune for this week's podcast by another artist that you've se- uh, selected and we're very pleased you've selected them because they're absolutely brilliant Um, you know the venues and your kind of creative projects are ever growing and expanding what's the I'm scared to say this what's the kind of long-term goal then beyond you've got the three venues running now what what's kind of the ultimate dream? If you could say in five years, we want Albert Shed Venues to be doing this, I think, what, uh, what would be the ultimate?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah moving, stage. The stage. I think moving beyond the bricks and mortar venues, I think one of the things that, that, that's really kind of interested us in um, in the last couple of years is, is seeing the um, the potential for kind of pop-up events and, and interesting venues. It's very... It's very hard, it's it's difficult to keep bricks and mortar venues running because um, they have to, you know, we have to bring audiences in, even in January, even on a, you know, a wet, miserable April day or, or, you know, an August bank holiday when a lot of people have have decided to to go on holiday. But I think the kind of the, the, the potential for one off events, which Although the, um, you know, the, certainly the, the resources that we've got available to us as bricks and mortar venues, if we can utilise those to do stuff in, in, in different um, venues, whether that be outdoor or historic buildings and all that, that's the kind of thing that, that that's interesting. I mean, the venues provide the base, but it's like, well, what can we do then with, with what we've built rather than just putting you know, even if we put gigs on seven nights a week there's still that excitement that we can gain um, from doing stuff outside of those four walls. Um, Especially
1: if it's floating. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm I i can not wait to see float, this boat stage. We've
2: yeah, actually researched it. Um, We've got all the yeah, of and you can, it's like Lego. You can just buy it from China, and yeah, you yeah. can just like click it together, and it floats. And um, it, Really, uh, Steve,
3: thirty thousand pounds. It's like uh, thirty thousand pounds, and we'll be sorted. Third, so, if anyone's yeah, got thirty thousand yeah. pounds, they would like to pay for the boat stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can have sponsorship. Like, uh, a, there's, a grand.
0: Less, like okay. there's a
2: lot less. Um, <laughs> there's a lot less red tape on the water as well. Um, it's really difficult to get like a street or um you know a, a public space. I just wanted to say that I think with the you know it, it's about looking at um, you know how how we can kind of reach deep into the community. We touched on inclusivity earlier and the fact that. You know at the moment, primarily our audiences are, are people that are prepared or happy to go to licensed premises late at night um we're very conscious that we are um you know not deliberately but we are excluding younger audiences because of licensing restrictions and things like that so you know we love what we do we we love could have put in um grassroots live music on, but we feel a little bit constrained at times that We've only got these bricks and mortar venues to enable us to do that, uh, and, and we'll always do that, and we love doing it. But we're just really keen to look at opportunities to do more, um, you know, outside of those venues. Um, Linkfest is a really good example. Um, Third for me. <laughs> um, this was another crazy idea, you know. Um, started off as, as Floodfest because we wanted to do something after the um, after the floods a few years ago, and then that got obliterated by by COVID um, but you know we still had this kind of idea and, and, and to be fair Jamie was on really ran with it and, and kind of pulled off Loopfest in, in year one pretty much single handedly um, you know and, and that wouldn't have been possible without our kind of um, our experience and our, our, our contacts through, through Albert Shed, um, and we you know we're keen to look at how we can develop things maybe in Telford as well in terms of doing stuff that's outside of Uh, our usual venue, but getting that original music in front of younger audiences, and as I said, audiences that might not necessarily want to go out on a weekend, um, you know, to to a hot, sweaty um, venue. Do
3: you know what I think, though, is the best thing about them sort of events? It's really hard to get people to come out for a single event. Um, You know, you get these touring acts, and maybe they do 120 tickets, but if you put an original band on in town, and it's free entry, or we did this RSVP for free entry, which is nice because it sort of gives a bit of value to the, to the event. <coughs> it's really hard still just to try and get people out and we're devaluing the cost of like an artist by making it free. So there's all these problems, but if we're putting together lots of acts together in one big thing, people are all coming out. So they're getting this massive exposure and that massive exposure from one event, like such as Loop Fest, uh, or, or you know, if we're gonna be doing something in Telford, which will be a, a nominally priced ticket situation, We're going to get lots of people in one place and they're going to be discovering these acts and they're going to be there's a a sort of the movement or or when people all get together and all excited if you have one person playing and they've got five people there the excitement between the five people is great you know there's a lot of energy but you know you when you get 100 people 200 people in front of this thing it's it's super exciting and, and they all then buzz off each other. And I think that's the most important thing is moving away from just this like, oh, we've got a small amount of people watching and act to a lot of people all getting together. And then they, you know they tell people, and it's that, how do we amplify that and get that across? And that's how I think- we're Without great. getting to like
2: arena level though, cause that's really important. Cause oh, there's yeah. a massive disconnect between, um, you know, kind of arena tours and, uh, and what we do, which is grassroots. And, you know, is it a, a, a real, without getting too high on the soapbox, there's, a definite kind of problem at the moment with um, grassroots music venues not being financially viable Um, and without those venues the acts that are now at the top of their game for want of a better phrase um, just won't be there doing arena tours Um, if you take the example of professional football um, it's always been the case that some of the money that um, is earned by those top clubs which is you know massive amounts of money a little tiny little bit of that is filtered down to grassroots football um, to develop. they've
1: got to come from somewhere,
2: haven't they? Yeah, they've to develop to the players of the future. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, um, it, it's very similar to what we do in terms of grassroots music because without those pubs, um, grassroots music venues, um, these kind of developing artists and new artists don't get the chance to develop their trade. And as I say, they won't be the, those big artists and, um, you know, Glastonbury can just do one because there'll be no one playing you know, it'll all be dead, I mean the average age of, of performers at Glastonbury is 142 I think now
0: Well on that, cheering <laughs> 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 I think uh, the future is exciting if you look at the right bits, and I think what you guys are both doing um, along with the teams that you are working with uh, it's, it, it, there is a bright future in Shropshire which we are very grateful for
1: Absolutely, and one of the artists that's featured on the Albert Shed stages is someone that you, you wanted to have some music from. Her, uh, tell us why Gratia made your made your your brain go. Yes, we need to hear music from Gratia.
3: I like I love the fact that she's really supportive of the scene and she writes great music. You know, we always see her about different places and she's like super positive, and that it's something fresh as well. You know, and it's great because you know it's quite recognised there's a few acts that we you know from Shropshire that are really pushing forward and I think like you know she's got a long way long, not a long way to go but she's got a, a, a long and prosperous career in music uh, and it you know soon probably will blow up in the next year I think Her enthusiasm
1: um, is infectious isn't it she is one of those people that absolutely like lights up when she starts and especially when she starts talking about her music as well. And she's got a big love of other artists. Yeah, yeah, I've seen her there's other local artists that have been doing amazing things that she's been she's messaged me before saying, Oh, I have seen such and such on this stage here, yeah, they're amazing. You're like it's great that she's being inspired by other local artists too. And we saw
2: it, didn't we? Sorry. I was gonna say it's enthusiasm, yeah. Um, Which, you know, it's kinda of, it, it it's it's similar to, you know, our our passion for for music is kind of mirrored by by, by Gracious, you know and, and plus she's from Church Stretton and, and I live in Church Stretton so you know
3: so when it snows he can give her a lift in. there's
2: no
0: escape for like uh, cancelling the gig it's like a, uh, guaranteed performance brilliant well um, thank you very much guys for joining us today and um, I should probably say thank you very much for letting us use this great venue to record today um, so we're going to play then Gracious, bodies down the knife thank you very much like
7: Kickstart my heart and curtains. The day after that night, I lost my light. Walked down my home roads with grey skies. This place is my home, but it don't feel right. I take my mess everywhere you cut my heart. I don't care. I miss my. I'm bloody up a very thin Your little secret thing Breathing violence at night <coughs> I felt cold, I still do, it's just in my head Replay that night till it goes right And I replay it again But but I think I like it Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh I know I said it, I know, I know I said it I'll try your body on just like a necklace I'm crying, let's dance at night And you'll regret this Uh-huh, uh-huh
1: was the fabulous Gracia and bodies down the knife I absolutely love that tune and um, she she performed um, a live set at camp festival and I, I heard mm. her doing lots of tunes that we haven't yet heard so I think there's gonna be more music on the way from her for this year I hope so
0: I absolutely hope so as well because uh, she uh, we, ha- absolutely has the talent and the enthusiasm and um the support structure around her to really go far i love that she's working with dan bradley her producer um they're really good friends and they are just trying to lift each other up and it's a great thing to see
1: if you're making fabulous tunes whatever it is whatever it sounds like whatever it looks like whatever your genre is whatever your niches and whatever your setup is the sloping mixtape.com is the place to send your music and thank you again to <laughs> dave and jamie who are making noise in the background uh, for chatting to us on uh, a bit of a special from the sloping mixtape if you've enjoyed that and you love music made right here in shropshire um subscribe Listen back. There's plenty of music for you to enjoy.
0: Yes, and you can of course leave a comment. Go find us on social media. Leave us a review wherever only you Only go- good ones. Only good reviews. <laughs> 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 um, but thank you for listening. Join us again next time round, where we we will be playing you more brilliant music made right here in Shropshire. The Salopian mixtape with Simon Berry and Michaela Wilde bringing you Shropshire's best new music, you can get your music heard at the mixtape.com.